those who don't know me, I am Anna Williams, and I have personally experienced uh, depression as well as postpartum depression. And I just wanted to share my story today in hopes that it will find somebody and make them feel like they are not alone. Let them know that they can find sisterhood in social media if they don't feel comfortable talking to someone else. So I'll tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I'm 29. I have three kids. And in one of my um, videos that I made, I was like, I wanted to tell you guys which, which pregnancy allowed me to enter postpartum depression. So before I get into that story, I'll just let you guys know. Everybody probably knows what depression is. But a lot of people may not be familiar with postpartum depression, which is basically, it's a, a disorder. So it's an imbalance in your emotions and your mindset after birth. So they say sometimes it's immediately after birth and it lasts between the year. But some people, I think everybody's different. Their journeys are different. And postpartum depression can go as long as two, three years. You, you'd have to ask the individual who's experiencing it. So for me, I would say that I experienced postpartum depression after my second child. She's now six one on seven. And it was, I mean, I didn't know it was postpartum depression at the time. It's weird. I know. I didn't even know what postpartum depression was during that point in my life. But I just felt like I was really angry. I wasn't like I, I wanted a second child, but I was still kind of like, I thought it would be fulfilling, but it at the time in my mind, it wasn't fulfilling. So I have my daughter, which I always wanted a little girl. I already had a son. And after that, it was like, it went downhill. It didn't go downhill in the sense of like, oh, I wanted to hurt myself. But I just was not happy at that point in my life. And you would think after somebody just births a baby that they're extremely happy. Or that they feel like, you know what, I have this new human. I'm taking care of them. This is, it'll be fun. It's a journey. But for me, it, there were fun moments. But a lot of the things internally I was dealing with, I didn't share. So I was upset at the fact that I didn't breastfeed her. And I breastfed my first child, so when she would cry and she would want the milk, I'm like trying to fix her a bottle and I wouldn't give her my breast, I like felt bad afterwards. And I feel like those kind of moments would stick with somebody, even though some people may feel like, you know what, it's not that serious. You know, you didn't breastfeed her, it's fine, she drinks formula. But for me, that was something that I always wanted to do with every single child that I birthed. I wanted to experience the bond of breastfeeding. And when I decided not to do it with Ava, I felt like I I stolen something from her. That she, she should have gotten that experience with me. And each time she cried and each time I fixed the bottle, like I was trying to hurry up and fix that bottle, but... The fact that I could not bond with her, like in my mind, it just sat there. And I was beating myself up about it, but I wasn't talking about it. So I was internalizing all of those feelings that I were having, and that's something you just don't do. So that will point that out. Try not to internalize. I won't say not to do it because it's easier said than done, but try not to internalize some of the feelings that you experience. I've learned throughout this process of dealing with depression and postpartum depression that sometimes it's uncomfortable to share 
because not everyone can say they they understand what you are going through but it would make you feel a lot better not to carry that load with you so my husband had to bring it to my attention that I wasn't being myself so we're thinking you know what maybe it's the birth control maybe it's maybe it's something else we're not just sure you know maybe it's you know my hormones are like where they need to be the chemical imbalance is not there i just birthed a child so my body's trying to get back to normal my mind is trying to get back to normal so we never thought it was anything serious so we're just like you know what i'm gonna give it some time i was never in the mood to have sex which is like total opposite of who we were <laughs> because we're young we're very vibrant and we're energetic and humans are sexual beings and that was something we enjoyed together that is our our sacred place is our bed and our bed had turned into this unhappy place and my husband was feeling like it was his fault he was like well what am i doing wrong but looking back he did nothing wrong he did everything right he was so supportive he always asked me what was it that i need but at that time I didn't know what I needed. And it, it's, it's crazy sometimes you don't know what you need and you have people who are willing and at your, your call and they're like right there like, you know what, tell me what you need. I will go to hell and back to provide you that. And I could not tell him because one day I was okay and the next day I wasn't. So what I, I started to do, and this is just jumping into it really quickly. So there was an entire year that I was just angry. I was upset. And if you are my friend on Facebook, you know that when I came out of that season of being miserable and actually finding out who I was and dealing with what was going on in my mind, I made a post about it. And I was thanking God that I had made it to where I was because I could not have gotten to that space by myself. And I could not. I, have, I wouldn't have gotten to that place by myself and I wouldn't have gotten without recognizing flaws that were in myself. So I remember I was at work and one of my friends, she was like, you know what, you should read Proverbs. And I was like, girl, here you go with this Bible stuff. But she's not like a holy, holy person, but I guess she felt that there was something that I needed. And she said, you know what, just read Proverbs. I promise you, when you finish that book, girl, you will feel rejuvenated. And what I did was I read that. And when I read Proverbs, and I, I read it every day until I finished. And I read it again because the first time when I... I'm the type of person, if I don't understand it, I have to read it again so that my mind processes it properly so that I fully understand. I don't like to just read something and feel like, okay, well, this is what I got. Because sometimes it's deeper than what you read the first time. So a few things resonated with me in Proverbs. And we all know that it's that's a powerful book for women. So if y'all like that and y'all haven't read Proverbs, baby. It'll change your life. It changed my life. But when I read it every day, I, I felt like God spoke to me and he was like, you know what? I think you're ready now. You're ready to accept the fact that you are going through things mentally. Things that you might feel like, I'm not going through these things. Every day I'm on social media, I'm smiling, I'm promoting inspiration. How could I be the one dealing with depression even after... I have this child and me and my husband just playing. Like, I should be complete. I should be happy. So what I did, I started just looking back at myself. Every day that me and my husband shared together, I would go back before I go to bed and I would analyze it. And I would say, what did I do today? So just to give you guys an example, just one day in general, I was very naggy. I was very confrontational. 
I was very angry for no reason. And I'll keep using that word angry because that plays a major role in depression because sometimes you don't know how to channel your energy and anger is like one of the easiest ways for you to let it out. And that was me. So I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be bothered. But when I was with other people, I was fine. But when I was home, I wasn't for some reason. And when I came home, it's like I was happy to see my kids, but I wasn't really happy to see my kids. I wanted to be around them, but I didn't want to be around them. I wanted them to be like, oh, mommy, hey, how you doing? How's your day? And then I was like, you know what? Don't talk to me. Let me tell you, those moments you can have, but when you have too many of those moments and you don't want to be around your kids, it's time to get checked. And Ava was still a little baby. She was still pretty, growing her little teeth and everything. And I should have been happy. You know what? I won't even... I'm trying to correct the way that I speak to myself because I, I can't say what I should have been. I would say I could have been happy. I could have been happier. I'm just trying to make sure I don't get into the whole story because we could be here for hours. I just want to make sure I share with you guys the most important parts recognizing that there is a space of opportunity in your life and in your marriage because if you're in a relationship with somebody what affects you will affect the other person so I learned that with the anger with the mood swings with the I didn't feel love like he loved me unconditionally but I was not I wasn't feeling love and I I'm really trying to explain to y'all in a way that's not confusing. I was basically battling these demons and my husband knew nothing about them, but he was still being so supportive and being that husband that I prayed for. And I thank him so much. If you can find refuge in somebody who's in your household, if you can find guidance or an advisor and a sister and a really close friend who you can trust with your business and they're not being judgmental or they will not be judgmental and they will not tell you, oh, you know what, do this or who will not point you in the direction of somebody else because it took courage to share. So once I was in a place to share with my husband, I knew that, you know what, this is progress. On the outside, it might not look like progress because I'm still the same person. I'm still angry. I'm still mean. I'm still feeling like life is not worth living. But it was for me because I thought, you know what? I never in a million years would thought that I would be having this conversation with anybody. But I'm here. And after reading, I let me tell y'all, I didn't go to therapy. So therapy is something that I would definitely recommend. I did not go to therapy. Maybe I could have been out of this rut longer. I mean, sooner than um, than I was. But I did not go to therapy, but I do recommend therapy if you feel like you cannot heal yourself. Because a lot of us don't have the power to, and that's okay. Some of us are not meant to heal ourselves. We're meant to seek guidance from someone who is a healer, who can provide you with the tools and resources that you need to be a better you. So that you can be a great wife, a great mother, a great sister, a great friend. I was shitty at all those. My friends probably wasn't telling me, but when I did a self-check, I knew that at that point in my life, I was being very shitty to my friends. I was like, you know what? I don't need no friends. And that's not true. Don't ever think you don't need friends, because you do. All of my friends who roll with me throughout my cycles of depression and throughout uh, postpartum depression was something that I dealt with just mostly with my husband, but 
swinging through depression, it was like, they might ride or die. And those are still my friends today, more like my sisters, because they were there when I was cussing them out. <laughs> they probably like, you know what, this bitch. <laughs> but I thank God for them. I, I'm grateful to have them. And I'm like a ratchet, spiritual type of girl, y'all. And I just share the best way that I know how. And like I said, do not internalize any any negative feelings that you may have. Don't internalize them. Anger. Anger is something you will become so familiar with that you would think it's just mended in your life to be that way. But it's not. It's temporary. It's seasonal. Allow yourself to go through those emotions. Uh, some points I wanted to point out before I get into another story is that mental illness in black women is something that we often dismiss or don't even talk about. I found that just looking throughout the years of my life, and I'm going to be 30 this year, that no one in my family ever talked about therapy. Nobody in my family ever talked about you know what? She might be experiencing depression. You know what? She might have anxiety, not even pertaining to me, just other people in our family. Like, therapy was never an option. You had to be strong. If you were not strong, you hide it. You hide your weaknesses. Do not show your vulnerability. And I think that's unfair. So something that I want to instill in my little girl is that therapy is okay. You seek therapy in me if you feel like I'm a safe space for you as your mother. And my friends, because my friends come to me with their issues, and if they seek refuge in me, or they seek, you know, and it can provide what I need, then I'm so willing to be there for them. But I don't ever want another black woman or my black daughter to feel like she has to deal with things by herself. You have people who went to school who have experienced these things and you thinking you're the only person who have gone through it and they are here to assist you on your journey to be a better you. So black women, please do not think just because we were not taught that therapy is an option, that it's not, it's, it is an option. Therapy is most definitely an option. And if I could have afforded therapy back then, I definitely would have went to therapy because my husband probably would have sent my ass to therapy if we could afford it. But he probably was like, you know what? Jessica told her to read this Bible. I hope it worked out, and I'm a hope for the best. But please, black women, do not feel like what you go through is not important because it is. Please don't ever think that therapy is therapy doesn't mean like you're crazy. You checking that crazy, or you checking whatever it is. Therapy is okay. Get counseling if that's what you need. And I think that as black families, if we seek that more. I feel like we won't have our kids running off doing things because a lot of the things we do as adults stems from things that we experience or things that we observe while we were kids growing up in a black house. You know, your mother never showed this, your father never showed that, you didn't get any of this. That goes with you throughout this life. And if you don't learn how to channel it and make it positive or channel it and make it productive and work it around in a way that benefits you, Life is a struggle. So counseling and therapy are your best friends, black women. You are still strong even at your weakest point. 
knowledge is everything. And I've learned to educate myself, and that's why I'm willing to share my story to tell you guys. Even when I didn't feel like I was I wasn't worthy, my husband saw my worthiness in me. My sister saw my worthiness in me. And those small texts is like, hey girl, you okay? Hey girl, I'm just checking on you. Do you need anything? They I see you wasn't smiling today. Everything okay? Whether I give you the answer that you're looking for or not, please understand that you simply inquiring about how I'm feeling or if there's anything you can do for me, it makes a big difference because we don't know the things that people go through in their mind. Because one day I'm okay and I'm smiling on Instagram and you see me and I give you a hug and the next day I may want to hurt myself. So just, just be gentle with your strong friends because you never know what they might be going through. But black women, that was my point. I wanted to say like, because images of black women, we don't often see black women going to counseling either in movies. We see them dealing with their traumatic experiences head on. And yeah, that's okay. But sometimes you got to prepare for the fight and we're not always ready. So sometimes counseling can help you get ready for fights bigger than the ones you're battling right now. And I've been taking some notes, so I have some other things. All right, so I wrote down this thing that says black people don't get depressed. So I don't know who wrote that and said that black people don't get depressed because I have so many sisters. And when I say sisters, I don't mean like my blood relatives. I just call women who I'm acquainted with. And we have, you know, bonds to a certain extent. I call them my sisters. But I I know them personally and even people who've just come to me in passing and just feel like there's an energy that I have and they want to share their story with me. But they are black and they experience depression. So I don't know who said that black people don't get depressed. Baby, it's so many things we have to be depressed about. I applaud us for not being as depressed and, you know, seeking alternatives like other people do, you know, other races, but um, we do get depressed and it's okay because depression is seasonal. It comes, it goes, and you can find the resources to allow it, uh, to not allow it to come back is what I'm trying to say. I remember when... um, I was growing up and I was thinking, you know, there were certain insecurities I had with myself. And it was the fact that I'm super hairy. So anybody who knows me, they know they know I'm super, super hairy. My legs hairy, my arms hairy. And I would always wear a jacket when I was in school. And if you went to elementary school with your girl, you know, I always wear a jacket. So it was personal. And it was because I never wanted anybody to ask me, you know, why are you so hairy? Then when I got to a certain age, Um, I experienced puberty, so I had acne. My acne was a lot greater than, you know, other people's acne. So I'm like, okay, why am I the same age as these girls and they don't have all this acne in their face, they don't have all these bumps, and you know, my mom's like, you know what, just don't pick in your face, it'll go away. And I still picked in my face, you know, and I experienced acne throughout middle school, throughout high school, and I definitely did not feel pretty. I mean, I would always look at myself and say, you know what, maybe I'm average. Maybe I'm like a five on a scale, zero to ten, ten being like bomb. I'm like, maybe I'm halfway. I'm okay, I guess. But I did not think I was beautiful and I didn't think I was pretty. So I never wanted guys to try to talk to me. 
You know how some people get boosted out of people trying to, you know, holler at them? I did not get that. I, I did not want anybody trying to holler at me, don't talk to me. And it wasn't because niggas can be stupid. It was because I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think I was what society standards were of a pretty black girl. My skin was not clean and clear. You know, I have these imperfections. I'm hairy. My lips big. Look at my nose, you know. I got a little hairline. Like, all of these imperfections that I... I just wanted to change. I always told myself, you know what? When I get older, I'm going to be a stripper. I'm going to get my boobs done because my boobs not big enough. And I always had the little booty. But I definitely did not love myself. And not loving myself led to a, a lot of unnecessary connections with people. Men, women, friends coming and going. Niggas wanted to be in my life and I ain't had time for that. And I definitely had moments in my life that I see as an adult that were swings of depression and, and it was not treated properly. So I never went to my mother and I never said, you know what, I feel this way. Or is it okay that I'm experiencing this feeling? Oh, you know what, I'm a, I'm a happy. My mama was a hardworking mama. She ain't had time for no conversation. She ain't had time for you to come sit down and come sit right here on my knee and tell me how your day went. What's going on? What can I help you with? She ain't had time for that because she was trying to make ends meet. She was trying to, you know, provide for her family. So not having somebody to talk to, not feeling like you're worthy, not feeling what society considers pretty, and... Not living, even living in the best class. Those could be things that could cause you to be depressed. So when people say black people don't get depressed, baby, we have a lot of things that we could be depressed about. So just know, a lot of us are going through depression because we, we don't have the power yet. We didn't find the power yet within ourselves to conquer that depression. But I'm happy that over time, with good support system, with a good circle, and me, you know, switching up spaces in my life, switching lanes, I was able to to get out of that. And now I'm 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 happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, I share my happiness wherever I go. The person y'all see on Instagram is the person y'all see in in person. So I'm the same individual, twenty four seven, and I can only thank God for that. I did not get here by myself. I am still living simply because of God. Because when you feel like you're not worthy and you get to this low that life is no longer worth living or nobody's going to miss you, you have, to, you have to seek God. You have to say, you know what? Please show me my purpose. Because I know that you did not bring me here to simply exist for 15 years, 16 years, because I was a teenager at the time. I know that you did not bring me here to exist for 16 years or 18 years or 21 years with one child. Or you did not bring me here to 29 years with three kids, a husband, and a business that I'm building to take me away from all of that. So please help me utilize the tools I currently have to open up new gifts that I'm going to receive. Like, I, I learned how to talk to God. And I feel like that is something that definitely helped me throughout my journey. And I have three questions that um, that were DM'd to me. 
it was like a little bit more, but three, because I wanted to keep the, the live short. So somebody asked me, they said, how do you tell somebody that um, you're experiencing depression if, how do you tell someone you're experiencing depression if they're not familiar with what depression is? Okay, so for me, um, I don't think I ever had a conversation with my husband about what depression actually was. I think he just noticed the breakdowns that I was having and it kind of, he, he probably was waiting for the conversation. So sometimes if, if you're living with somebody, if you're an adult and you're living with your mate, sometimes they'll notice these things in you, but they don't know how to come to you. So they're waiting for you to find the courage within yourself to share with them or open the door for them to come in so that they can support you. So I would say, I basically would open the door, you know, even if it's, if, if you have parents, if you're younger, for the younger generation, if you're, here go these airplanes. Y'all know the ASCII show today. If you're younger, and what your experience seems like depression, PTSD, anxiety, you know, some type of mental illness that you feel like you may be experiencing, and you just want to, you want to talk to somebody about it, I would say, you know what? Let's say if you're talking to your mom, I say, you know what, mom? I have these feelings that I've been feeling, and I kind of want to talk to you about it. Do you have time? Or can we, or not even ask, because I don't like to give the option for them to say they don't have time, because most of the time, black moms don't have time. But say, mom, i like to talk to you um, when you get off work today. I have something to tell you. So let me tell you, as a black girl, when you tell your mama you got something you want to talk to her about when she get off work, she probably gonna think you're pregnant and she gonna be ready to have that conversation. So <laughs> tell tell your parents like that, like because it's not gonna be that, but they'll be there with open ears and hopefully open arms to embrace you once you let them know what you've been experiencing. Um, let's see. I hope I answered the question. Okay. So the second question is. so judgmental of um why are people so judgmental with the way we deal with our I think they're trying to say anxiety um I guess it depends on how you deal with your anxiety I, I personally haven't experienced a lot of anxiety but I have friends who do and they have ways that they cope with it but um, don't allow other people's judgment to deter you from certain decisions you're making in your life. Don't allow yourself to be judged. For me, I'll, I'll use this phrase. So when me and my husband have conversations, you know, about other couples and we wonder why they're doing crazy shit or whatever, we always roll it back into, you know what? Everybody loved differently, so who are we to judge? And everybody copes differently, so who are we to judge? If you deal with your anxiety a certain way,
way. Don't allow anybody to judge you. If that works for you, if you feel like, you know what, I have my anxiety at a certain level, or you, it's fine today, or I'm calm today, because of what you did, if it works for you, what anybody else says does not matter. Because they don't deal with the anxiety you do. So their judgment is simply just negativity that they're putting out into the world. And baby, let it keep going. Let it just float right past you. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> and um, the third one. I, wrote, I don't know why I wrote them on different um, papers. I just wrote all the questions on the same paper. Why does it seem like there's limited access to counseling? Okay, so I had, I figured I was going to get a question like that. So um, I, I Googled mental health illnesses really quickly. So three things that I found, a national suicide prevention hotline, their phone number, they're open 24-7, and their phone number is 1-800-273-8255. There's another one, it's called Samaritan's 24-hour crisis hotline. You can call or text. Their phone number is 1-877-870-4673, and they're open 24-7. And the last one that I found was United Way Crisis Hotline. There is one here in Broward. All you have to do is dial 211. So I say those three things to say that the resources are there. For some reason, I didn't even think about looking at resources when I was going through what I was going through. I just felt like I had to deal with it by myself. And I don't ever want anybody who's experiencing a mental illness to feel like you have to experience it by yourself. That United Way Crisis Hotline number 211, listen, they help you find a therapist, healthcare, or basic necessities to deal with what you are going through. Sometimes you can get them free. Sometimes you can get them at a little cost. Some, it's not as expensive as other races may make it seem. Trust me. I've looked it up. I've been to a suicide community event that one of my friends, Lamar, held. I think it was a couple of years ago, but I performed at that event, and we talked about suicide in the black community. The resources are there. I feel like if you really want the help, you can find it if you really look for it. But clearly, I just Googled it, and those three were there. When we feel like we don't have anybody to talk to, I don't know if you're looking to talk to a black person. I don't know if you're looking to talk to a black woman. But I am always available. My phone number is on my booking website. It is 754-317-9622. And if you feel like there's something I can help you with, you can always shoot me a text. I don't always answer my phone, but you can always shoot me a text. The resources are there. The counseling is there. I told you, most of the time, you can get it for free. You can get it for at a little cost. It does not have to be within your mind you think it's expensive because you need this help, but you can get the proper care. So think of it like that. If you want the proper care, you got to actually put the, put in the work. Look for it. So if you're specific with who you want to share you know, yourself with as it pertains to your mind, please look up. There are so many. You know what? I'm going to put a list together. And I'm going to send it out in my email blast that I do to everybody who subscribes to Tribe of Sunflowers. So just go on my website, www.tribeofsunflowers.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. I'll send out an entire directory 
of um, just businesses I've collected and therapists and, you know, counselors who I feel like they can help you with what you need. But you can kind of go on their websites or connect with them and see if they are the right fit for the journey you're on in your life right now. But the resources are there. Trust me, I Googled it and I found those three top ones who are open 24-7 who are available to you at your disposal. Please utilize them. So um, that was the three questions that I had. I just wanted to um, tell y'all, and I posted on my page, a few ways that you can identify with uh, postpartum depression. If you are not feeling like your child is making you happy, if you do not feel worthy, if you're not taking care of yourself after you just had this baby, sometimes lack of sleep, insomnia can do that to you. But please, don't try to take care of that baby by yourself. You just birthed that baby. You know how powerful your body is. You need assistance. So if your husband is available, if your sister is available, she can come over to you when she gets off work. Allow your tribe to be of assistance to you. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. When you feel like you just want to give up on the world, give up on your kids, give up on yourself, it's time to seek help higher than what you can provide to yourself. Lastly, something I want to leave with y'all is just... If we check on our strong friends as much as we check our social media page, trust me, the rates of suicide will be a lot lower than what they are. I don't want to keep y'all too long because I don't want the live to go off. I know Instagram after a certain amount of time, it will go off. But uh, I am Sienna Williams and I have overcame depression and postpartum depression and I'm so proud of myself in any way that I can share my experiences further or I can guide someone to the light at the end of the tunnel I'm here and y'all know I'm always free to talk um, I'm one of those black women who if I got it you got it so if I have the knowledge I definitely share it with you thank y'all so much for tuning into this live um, it wasn't a pro black smile coach but some technical difficulties with that, so it probably went off. So if you're on Tribal Sunflowers and you're watching this, I'll leave it up. I'll try to save the video so I can post it into my IG story so you guys can rewatch it later. But uh, let me know what you think of it. And uh, y'all, just keep me in your prayers. I'm at a place right now with depression. Postpartum depression no longer exists, and I like to keep it that way. So just keep your girl in your prayers. Love and light, y'all. Thanks for tuning in.